All right. Well, thanks for coming out or hanging out for the podcast and set. Woo! Yes. Uh, this week, of course, my guest is Carl Tart. Yay. Hello. Turns out I played with you once before. Once before, yeah. On a team over at the I.O. that I got I got tricked into being on for one cage match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We lost. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, we did. Uh, you were telling me just earlier you started primarily with Second City? Yeah. Started at the Second City Hollywood uh, in 2010. It was a... It was a 21st birthday present for my mom, the classes. Oh, that's great. And uh, I was I was just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing after I left college. I was a college basketball player. And uh, Really? Where'd you play? At this tiny school in New Mexico called New Mexico Highlands University. What'd you uh, play? What position? Yeah. I played point guard in college. In high school, I played power forward. Power forward like center. A, like a stretch forward, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was, a, that was a big transition. But one thing that I always maintained – Throughout my whole basketball career was a jump shot. So that's why I was able to play in college because I could shoot off the dribble, shoot off the Right. But I got trapped a few times and it was it was tough. Like I didn't last very long in college basketball just because I didn't have when you look at Steph Curry play and you'd be like, Yeah, I ain't gonna never be able to dribble like that. And so <laughs> like I didn't but yeah, I played. Actually I'm so far removed from basketball at this point as far as playing it that I'm 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 old enough now where I I can look at Steph and go, I could do that. <laughs> 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 I could do that, except you know I'm busy. Yeah. I, I got kids and a job. You got no time for that. And and he's lucky because otherwise I'd be out there and it'd be over for it'd be everybody. Over. <laughs> it'd be over. Consider yourself <laughs> lucky, Steph. I ain't got no time to be shooting no that's, fifty foot threes. That's <laughs> that's right because it'll never happen. So I will never ever have to prove that yeah. to anyone. Uh, yeah. So I mean, did you, did did you see that coming when your mom? No. Uh, well, what happened was I was. Like a lot of people in this community, I was voted class clown, like for eighth grade graduation superlatives and high school graduation superlatives. So I was always kind of a, a jokester, not like a prankster or anything, but just like I talked too much in class. Right. And uh, and people always said, oh, are you going to be a comedian when you grow up? And I was like, no, I'm going to be an MBA. Like, I don't care what you say. And I, I used to take offense to it because I, I used to feel like they were saying that that meant I wasn't a good enough basketball player. Right. And I was like, set, they were like, settle for something else. It'd be a comedian. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. But then once basketball was legitimately over and <laughs> I kind of got it through my head, like, oh, they were right. I, I should probably be playing, should be doing something else that's not basketball. I I was like, well, I guess I should be a comedian now. Like, at least try it. Like, I would feel stupid right. if I, because I was always shy growing up. Like, I never liked to be the center of attention, even though I talked a lot. It was like a weird, I just like to have fun with my friends more than anything. It was never like, look at me, I'm going to stand in front of the class and be a clown. Right. It was more of just like, I would say the right things at the right time, and people would laugh. And so. That's the uh, best kind of comedian. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, started, I started doing, uh, I, I started researching like where to go. Like I started hanging out at the comedy store and watching open mics. I was too scared to get up and do it. And also. Like, the vibe over there at the comedy store was just, like, super dark, and, like, I didn't feel good about it, and it made me not want to do it, and I it made me not love comedy the way that I did my whole life, because I'd always loved watching comedy. I still only watch funny movies, honestly. Like, right. people are like, how are you going to be an actor? You don't watch any movies. Like, if it's fun, if it's not funny, I don't want to watch it, really. <laughs> like, uh, but um, I, I, I started hanging out there. I started, like, 
team with open mics for like I went up like maybe once or twice and I just hated it. And for a while I was like, dang, I've loved this art form my whole life. Uh, and now I know that I don't want to do this. I don't want to do stand up comedy. And it's very different. Yeah, it's, it's what, super different from what we do now. Right? Yeah. And then somebody told me that I should take improv classes. And I was like, improv? What is that? And they were like, like whose lines anyway? I was like, oh, like Wayne Brady? And I was like, <laughs> do what Wayne Brady does? And I was like, yeah, I'll take, I'll take classes. I'll, I'll watch it. Like, I'll, I'll check it out. And my mom, so I'm, I talked to my mom. She was like, what do you want for your birthday? You're going to be 21. You want a beer? And I was like, you just going to buy me one beer for my birthday? That's a, a, a crappy gift. But uh, I was like, actually, I wanted uh, something a little bit more expensive. These improv classes. And I was like, I want, I want to take this improv class. And so I did. So I had, before I told her this, I had done some research on like the Groundlings and Second City. And uh, those were the, and I, and sec, those were the only two that I found immediately. Like before right. I started and then got in the community. Those were the only two that really kind of came up in the Groundlings and Second City. And Groundlings was super expensive. And uh, yes. I didn't know as many alumni as I did for the Second City. Like when I looked at the Second City alumni list, I was like, I know and love all these people. Right. And on the Groundlings, like the names that I recognized was like Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig, who was on SNL at the time, and right. Phil Lamar. Like it's like a few. But at the Second City, when I was like, oh, these are, all these people are cool, and they were like two hundred and fifty dollars cheaper than Groundlings classes. So I knew that I would be able to convince my mom more to pay for that than I would the Groundlings. That's a pretty easy call too. Yeah. It's like, oh, everybody came from here. A few people came from here. Yeah, this yeah. is half the price. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a tough call. So she like I I signed, she told me to uh, I I thought about it my birthday's in January and so like around like like early December I mentioned it to her like kind of like this is what I want to do and then, and and I kind of stopped thinking about it because it's hard to get my mom to pay for stuff especially when you're turning 21 because you should definitely not be asking your mom for money anymore right. at that point <laughs> so uh, so I was like, I'm not gonna think about it but then like she came. Like around, like a little bit after my birthday, she was like, "You never mentioned those improv classes again." My mom's a theater major, so she kind of understands a little bit more. Like she's not like trying to force me to be a doctor because she understands right. what it's like to go through the acting thing. So she, uh, she was like, "You never mentioned those classes to me again," and I was like, "Yeah, I, I just didn't want to bother you with it. I, I didn't think you were gonna, you know, pay for it. I would rather have that money to buy Jordans or something." And so. Uh, <laughs> So she was like, well, do you want to do you want to do it? And I was like, well, let me see if there's any classes opening. And that day, Second City had a class going like this is that like in the morning and they had a class starting at uh, level one, starting at like three o'clock. And so I called and asked, like, what, which level should I be in and stuff like that? And they told me and uh, she was like, all right, but if you don't want to st stick with it you going to pay me this money back and I'm not paying for anything else. Like, like, and I was, I was like, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay in the class. I'll at least do the, the seven week class. And if I don't like it, I'll, I'll stop going or, or whatever. But, and, and I was nervous cause I would give up on stuff. Like she knew <clears> me, she's my mom. So she knew that I'd be like, man, this is, this is trash. I don't want to do this. Like this class is boring. This is, it's not something I want to do. It wasn't right. like, if it wasn't cool, like I didn't want to be a part of it. And so I got to the classes and it was it was weird at first. They had us doing like these group warm ups and stuff. Like everybody standing in the corners of of this room and all submerged into the middle, making a letter on the ground. I was like, what the what is, yeah, what is this? That, that's that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So, and 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 I was like, I was like, man, this is weird. I didn't like, I didn't really fit in with anybody else. Like 
that was the year that I'm a, I'm a Saints fan, and that was the year that the Saints were going to the Super Bowl. And so, like, I came to class, like, with a Saints T-shirt on. I had beads on. I had a beanie, like, a Saints beanie. Like, I was all decked out, like, sports gear, and everybody's got to look right. at, like, you know how improv people are with sports, which I still don't like. Anytime I make a sports post, somebody has to comment with that ironic, ooh, sports. I'm like, get out of here with that. <laughs> if you don't like it, just don't like it. You don't have to. Don't be that guy. Uh, but, uh, so, I was... At first, I was like, this is weird. This is, I don't know if I want to do this. And then, like, warm-ups were over, and I got into class. Uh, my, my teacher was Matt Craig, and the perfect person to, te- to introduce you to what improv is, is Matt Craig. And I had a great time in class, and I never missed a class, and I went through the whole program. My mom paid for that level, but then I worked, like, interned and worked, and my right. dad paid for the whole rest of the program. And and it was it was great. Like you were in, I was in because it reminded me of sports. And at that point in my life, it was what I was lacking was that that team element, that coach element, like coming to do this cohesive thing. I feel like improv is great for athletes in in that way of like we're all trying to accomplish one goal, but we need each other to do it. You know, where right. stand up is all about just yourself. Yeah, as, so. when, when, as you were talking earlier and you were saying like you, you were the class clown but not so much the look at me, look at me, just the, someone, the person who said the funny thing when it was appropriate to say it. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, that's like a scene. That's like a group. It's like, yeah, I don't have to be on all the time. I just have to be on when it's the time. Yeah. Uh, and also I'm not alone. Yeah. And also when it's done, I get to share it with these other people and grow together like a team. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, I mean, sports analogies work great in, in in, in improv. I love them. And uh, also in, in high school, like back on that thing, my, my group of friends, like we were, we were all the clowns. Like my friend Leonard is funnier than I am. Like way funnier. Uh, and I got a friend like that from high school, John Sullivan. Yeah. Natural. He's the, nat- he's the most natural, just funniest person naturally. Yeah. That I've, 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 I've ever known. Just like I, he was doing f- shit that I didn't understand in high school that I look back and laugh at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my friend Leonard was, and this is, please don't judge me off of this now. Because <laughs> uh, this is, it's a different time, and we've all grown up and progressed. <laughs> but Leonard was the first dude <coughs> to call girls bitches in a way that he didn't get in trouble for. Like, I never had the balls to do it, ever, to call a girl that to her face, like, my whole life. But he would say it, he would say it in, a, in a way that wasn't like a demeaning way. He would like, like she would say something like, Leonard, that shirt is too tight. He'd be like, bitch, your hair is too tight. Or something like that. And, and just the way right. he, and like, like saying that in, in the context was always so funny. And I'd be like, man, if I had to say the exact same thing, I would have got beat up by like 10 girls. Well, like, we'd probably say it. I mean, I, I know for me, because the, the way he, he did a nice little thing with his voice there, you just yeah, did it right. Yeah, it yeah. sounded perfect. Yeah. Comes out of me, he'd be like, bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Definitely more aggressive. That ain't, yeah. it, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way to turn that around. Yeah. Uh, See, so yeah, but you've done, I mean, just talking briefly, you're, you're already on a, a UCB Herald team and a yeah. UCB Mod team. Mm-hmm. So that's great. You said you've only, you're doing this about six years? Six years now. I just uh, reached six years last month. That, that, and again, for, you know, for six years in, that's re- that's really a great accomplishment. Uh, I, I was considered like the first five because for the first four years I did this, I just sucked, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I didn't start learning until a, a little later. 
So I always consider like the first five years is like, all right, that's starting. That's when you're starting. Uh, and then it picks up, it picks up after that. Uh, you were talking about your influences being, it was, it was funny. You're talking about a lot of second city people, uh, yeah. a lot of great players like Joshua Funk, Naima Funk, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Moyer, Jamie Moyer, Matt uh, Craig, Keegan Michael Key, of course. Uh, and I, I did realize that all those people that I named are from Detroit. Se- Second City, Detroit. I re- they have a show at Second City called Three One Three. Three One Three. Yeah. Show, the first show that I watched when I like because I, ha- I had classes on Saturdays, and after class, I had my class from three to six thirty, and then they would do uh, at seven o'clock. They do like a lottery, like bingo, what they called it, and then Three One Three would play in the second half of the bingo set, and that was the first show that I watched the whole way, and I was like, my gosh! And Keegan was still playing with them at that time. Regular. This was before right. Key and Peele. This was right after Mad TV and before Key and Peele. And he so he was still playing with them every week, and I was like, "That's the dude from Mad TV." Like I knew it was him, and I knew I liked Coach Hines and like you know stuff like that. And uh, I would see him play, and I was just like, "Oh man, these people are like amazing at this. Like they can't be making all this up. Like they and ha- and they're and they're having a ball doing it. A great time to it when you're watching it. Yeah, you're like, wow, they're great, and it looks like they're having a great fucking time. Yeah, and I think that's that's what I kind of stole from them as far as play wise is because I there's still something in me as disrespectful as this is to people who do improvisation and sketch and stuff like that I still find a whimsy in it of like guys we're just up on stage making shit up like this is fun like we can say whatever we want some things may not be helpful to this scene but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's all, it's really fun to create this because I'm, I'm really in the cartoons uh Funny cartoons, not not like anime and stuff like that, but like. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love you. Could not like anime. Yeah, no, I'm, that, I'm not that an perverted anime. Asian like, shit. That's just weird. I don't do it. I don't do it. But like Family Guy to me is in, in my top five television shows of all time. Family Guy right. and Simpsons are both up there with like Thirty Rock. Just these these shows that have like a, a sense of like absurdity. It's so absurd, but it's like right. It's re- it's just really funny to me. And, and so. Never lose that sense of uh, whimsy. Yeah. Well, just because I mean, because there, there is like there's a time when you you, you work harder, you try and get better, maybe, and then just, you're harder on yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you come out of that, it's like we're playing up here. Uh, there is no perfect show. There is there's always mistakes. So it's like you have to have that part of you that just enjoys that. Uh, it's it's an exercise. You know, classically improv is an exercise in failure. Every show you do, you'll come off of and think of something you could have done better. Uh, so you might as well enjoy that fucking mistake because yeah. that, that's all you're going to get. Uh, although, you know, most shows, they're not all mistakes. You see if they're here and there. Uh, but, yeah, never lose that sense of, of whimsy. If it's something that makes you work hard, all right, I'll work hard. But then when I play, I'm going to play. Yeah. Uh, like when you and I play in a little while, let's be, let's be like, we're just going to fucking play. There's no – no, because I, I, I didn't even mention any form to you because there is no form. Yeah. with this we just get a suggestion and we, we fuck around for 25 minutes cool. uh so what else would you like to talk about mr tart uh, anything anything else you, uh, you, you said you said you wanted to ask me some I questions i want to ask you some questions man i want to know like i already kind of got some of this out of you outside but just i'm i'm fascinated with with what the beginnings of improv were and to see, did y'all know like when you got on these teams? Did y'all did y'all know, like 
one day we're going to be really respected for this? Or was it just like having fun with your buddies? We know. I, was, it was, I mean, there was no. He spilled a little water. That, that's why God invented these little caps. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think we, we, we had any, like, we're going to, f- one day people will respect us for this. At that point, we're more just like, one day we hope we can get paid something to do something like this. Because mm-hmm. uh, there was no, you know, it was basically, basically then it was like, one day we hope Second City starts hiring us. Because at that point, they, they weren't hiring a, hiring a lot of people from around Chicago at all. Um, but there was, I mean, it was, and, and because of that, there was a sort of, you know, fierceness to we have to, we were sort of locked out of getting ahead. And so that's why we, so many great players of that time were sort of forced to create new form. Uh, it, you know, had Second City hired us, which they could have, we wouldn't have invented the movie or the deconstruction. Uh, the guys ahead of us wouldn't have done Jazz Freddy. Uh, a lot of great work wouldn't have gotten done, ex- except that we were sort of forced to to work together because uh, there was nowhere uh, nowhere else to go. Uh, so there was hope, but there wasn't a lot of places to to go back then. You kind of mm-hmm. had to to make it happen yourself. Yeah. Was Besser and Roberts on that family roster with you? Yeah, the the family was uh, me, Matt Besser, Ian Roberts, Ali Faranakian, Neil Flynn, and Adam McKay. Uh, that was the family who created the Three Mad Rituals and the d- Dynamite Fun Nest, the, you know, the movie, the deconstruction, the check-in expansion, the horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a hand in, you know, the Armando coming to be. Uh, yeah, we... We did some. Yeah. Uh, back then. When did uh like Matt and Ian like split off into like you know playing such game heavy? For, where did you guys used to play like that? No, yeah, game? no. The the that was all in the family style. That was yeah. all. It was very game heavy. It was very in playing game. Well, what what we considered game, you wound up playing a lot of straight men. Okay. And we found that that was very involved in playing games efficiently. Uh, so that was very much you know a family style playing and they brought that to the to the what became the UCB4 uh prior to that the UCB was different groups of uh people who were involved because yeah. Horatio and Adam McKay were a part of it <laughs> yeah we I mean I, I, I did a show you under well? that name but I wasn't yeah. really uh in that but there were other players who were uh well sort of like there are other people who were on what was once the victim's family uh there's a, a handful but actually Rachel Drax, Gratch, Michelle Cole, Alex Bays, Pat McCartney were on as that team was evolving. Uh, you know, they were, they were on it for a while and then they dropped off. And I, I was actually the only member of the original Victims family that stuck through to becoming the family. And the only reason we changed the name was because one of the guys on the team, Rick Roman, who drove a cab in the city, he did accidentally drove his cab into the river and died. Mm-hmm. So we didn't want to continue calling ourselves the victim's family. It felt a little too close, yeah. uh, so we just dropped the victims. Uh, and the, the last version of it was the, the guys I just described. Uh, Pete Holney was also on there for, for a while. That's tight. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it, it, it, it, it, tight, it was man. a good crew. Like just hearing about this, I'm a, like just hearing hearing about it from from like a person who experienced it is way different than reading about it and stuff like that. So like, tell us the, tell us the real shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. We used to. I, I think what I, what I learned largely from that was how much how important it was to have that team, to have a team, to have a group of friends that you could always come back to. Uh, like I'm still friends with all these guys and like so often, especially like in today's climate, there's so much opportunity back then. There wasn't, if you had your team, that was it. You were lucky to have a team. You held onto it for dear life. Uh, and that made for a great tightness. Uh, and I learned that from them. Uh, and I'm, you know, I've always, you know, it's par- probably one of the reasons I, I respect, you know, loyalty in people, uh, people who commit to something rather because I mean, it's hard to, nowadays like if I were coming through right now would I commit to a single group or would I just keep trying all the different things because you, you can learn either way uh, I think ideally I'd, I'd probably try a bunch of different things while trying to commit to a, a group I think a good example of that that I've seen here is a, it was a group called Private Street yeah uh, who kind of came through here uh, and I remember telling him, I was like, you guys have this thing, man. You guys, you're, you're a group of like 12 people, right? You, you have this, this group where you get together, you're friends, and that's more than just taking classes and doing shows. You can always come back to each other. And they've since sort of, you know, split up into a bunch of different things. But I think they still come back to each other. And I'm like, if you hold on to that, you'll always have that. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, four or four of them still play. Still well, there's still four of them that call themselves Private Street. Yeah. But those people all still hang out. They all still yeah. are friends. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, it's not like you have to have the show to come back to. You have to have the people to come back to. Yeah. Because uh, that's, I think that's just, that's probably how I try and do it. You know, you find, because I always t- tell people, I think you learn more from hanging out with the people you're going through the process with. I mean, I think you need, you know, for, for the sake of my goddamn business, uh, I th- think you, you need classes and you need to do shows. Uh, you really, really need that. Uh, <laughs> but my point being is that I think you ultimately wind up, as you're doing all of that, you learn more if you're doing that while hanging out with a group of people who are going through it with you. Yeah. Because then you talk about it and you share it. And you, you, have, you have more similar uh, views with them on what's happening than your teacher would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's super important and coming through right now. Yeah, I'm on a team right now uh, called White Women. where Oh, uh, you're on White Women? Yeah. All right. And uh, we've been together um, for three years now. Like, we started it uh, like three years ago in, in like early 2013. And then uh, I left to go to Boom Chicago. Uh like three months in, and then they just kind of like were working, 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 working that whole year that I was gone. And then when I got back, I was just able to jump on that bandwagon and just like <laughs> <coughs> continue on. But, but, but that's great. Yeah. What, the the way I'm, we formed and how we got got together is very similar to what you were saying. Just like we, we all have kind of similar experiences. We were all kind of, we all come from, you know, most of us, I say five out of seven of us come from, sort of impoverished backgrounds, like, you know, and we 
all come from, you know, ghetto neighborhoods, if you will, and stuff like that. And we were all like the the kid that got roasted in our neighborhood or like clowns, like the black kids, you know, like there's so many idiots that don't believe that black dudes should act a certain way or, you know, be into certain things. We were basically all kind of nerdy, but still have street smarts, you know, like it's not like that you're a typical nerd, what you'd see on TV or something. But like, we were all just in the stuff that other people weren't into and they kind of like got on us for it. And it was, we kind of always the outcast. We were never right. like, we were, we were still black. So we weren't really hanging out with a, a ton of white kids, but also <laughs> like we weren't always hanging out with a ton of the black kids either. We just always kind of fit right in the, in the middle, but we always, you know, knew what was up. And it's like, funny in a strange way that I could, I, 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 this keeps flashing through my head in high school. Like I, my mom signed me up for the summer musical. Mm-hmm. I'd never done, I'd never really done this, but I'm like, I like singing, I guess. So I'm like, okay. So I did the summer musical. Great. Have a great time. Right. So I wind up on the high school dance troupe as, 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 as a result of this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I joined the basketball team in my freshman year. I'm the best player on the basketball team. So in freshman year, that's important. Yeah. Right? It's just because I'm doing plays and I'm on the dance troupe. But I'm also the best player on the basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, who's going to cut me? Because it's funny because you caught it from either side, but yeah. I, n- neither side could really give you too much shit because you were still, you one, yeah. you were involved here and you're good over here. So yeah, I went to a music academy. For high school, so like I I was in band. I was a band geek. I played the baritone saxophone, which is the biggest case you will ever have to oh, carry. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like have that in the basketball gym when I would, you know, or I had to put that in my coach's office during football practice or whatever. Like, so I I was a five sport varsity letterman, but also played the baritone saxophone. See, but right there, you get a five sport varsity letterman. Yeah, <laughs> you wind up playing college ball, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's sort of what you're describing also is like, yeah, it's like I'm not – we're nerds, but I also – I played fucking college basketball. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I'm just remembering I, – I wish I could remember the guy's name. There's a senior when I was a freshman, uh, and, and he was like on the, you know, the varsity basketball team. Some guy was like 6'8". Uh, and he just came up to me as, as I was coming out of like a dance rehearsal wearing uh, parachute pants and leg warmers mm-hmm. with my jazz shoes. <laughs> uh, it comes up to me because you know I play basketball too, and he just, he, just, he said, I, "I wish I had the courage to do that when I when I was a freshman." That's crazy, and that just meant a lot to me. I was like, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." That just, I mean, the biggest guy in the school, yeah, just said that to me. I'm like, six, that's, eight. that's awesome." What was that six eight is a big dude for six, high school. Six eight is a big dude. Yeah. Um, any questions out there for Carl? Or for me, or just questions in general. Yeah, yeah, he's a Saints fan too. Uh, we just lost one of our top receivers. He getting released from the team, from the Saints. Uh, Marcus Colston. He won a championship with us in 2010. The only championship we have as a franchise. Right. And uh, he's getting cut to free up some cap room so we can get some young players. And I think he's like, what, like, thirty-two, and he's washed up. Our age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, it's crazy how sports does that. Whatever. It's like, we got to let you go, man. You're, he got drafted in, in 06. 
So I'm assuming he was like 21 or 22 then. So he's probably 31 or 32 years old. Well, they're and probably going to pick up somebody like me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I'm a better football football, right? I'm pretty sure I'm a better football player than uh, Marcus you Coles. Kids and stuff. You're too busy to be out there catching touchdowns. <laughs> I'm too touchdowns. busy to do it, man. I'm too busy to do it. Otherwise, I'd, I'd, I'd be catching all the, all the balls. <laughs> 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 Anything else? <laughs> Terrible voice disguise. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Let's let me think about this. Uh, Zeke would be the kicker. Uh, <laughs> Some, he's gonna. Someone just got. He's gonna this. hate that. Uh, nah, I think Ishmael would be the kicker because he he he. I don't know. This is this is tough. Can they all play kicker? They can, we we would all be kickers. We would all be kickers on the team. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Gosh, that's, let me get back to you on that. I, I, we we got to figure that out, Vlad. I feel like I'd rather you answer that question than me because <laughs> I feel like you would know. All right. Anything oh, now you're silent. Now you're silent. Anything else? Anything else? Raising your hands. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any, uh, any like, major things, like, as an improviser that you felt like you had to get over, like, a certain wall you had to break down in terms of, like, having fun on stage or, like, yeah. Um, I'm still breaking down those walls because like like right now, like only like six years in, I'm in a phase where I'm too cocky to warm up before shows. Like, but I'm still like like you still get mo- like the floor is like you look at people who've been doing it for so so long that you still realize how long you got to go. You know. Um, I would say one wall was trying to be a a pleaser, a people pleaser in the sense of. Uh, whenever you feel insecure in classes with your group or with like people who you close to, you feel like you can't make them laugh. Uh, I had to get over that that wall because sometimes you got to remember that 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 while it's about the audience, it's also about the art form more importantly. And as long as you feel confident in what you're doing, doing that, you you'll be fine. Uh, it was a while for me. I'm not trying to take it down this path, but as a as a black improviser, I found myself not fitting in when I first started. Like, cause back then, not a lot of black people were were doing it, like taking classes and, and doing stuff like that. So back then, yeah, back then, back then in 2010. Cause now we're, yeah. <laughs> now it's 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still not a lot, but I'm on a, a black team, so I don't care about those other ones. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just playing. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, <laughs> but um, uh, I I found myself trying to trying to fit in and trying to always like be down with what they were down with and stuff like that. Not really recognizing that I knew just as much as they did about pop culture and things like that. But I also I I was almost better than them, and I'm putting up hand quotes for the people listening, like because I know about the shit that I know about. And that they don't like I can quote, you know, the Hunger Games just as much. I can quote the five heartbeats. How many people in here have seen the five heartbeats? <laughs> yeah. So um, Michael Gutierrez. Uh, <laughs> so like it, I have a even bigger, you know, arsenal stuff to learn. Just just being just being more confident, knowing that I can that can be myself It's about finding that voice, I think. And I think right now I'm finally getting to a place and it helped 
getting on white women. Because even though we're all black dudes, we're so different from each other as people. And and uh, we all have individual voices that, that we like to lean to. So I think it's, it's about getting in that wall of stop trying to be the perfect improviser because that'll come, you know, later. You, you have to wait. You have to be patient at all times and, and just keep pressing forward and doing the work. And uh, you, it'll, your voice will come and your voice will mold and it's going to change. Like my voice is going to change from what it is right now when I'm when I reach 10 years and when I reach 15 years and when I reach 30 years, you know, it's, it's, it's going to keep I'm going to keep evolving into the performer that I'm destined to be, which is a mirror image of Miles. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't want to be Brian O'Connell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. I think that, that is a great place to end. Uh, so thank you very much, Carl. Thank you. Uh, now me and Carl are going to do a set. Thanks for hanging out for the set. Uh, what's going to happen is me and Carl are going to do about 25 minutes of long-form improvisation for you, and all we need to get us started is a suggestion of anything at all. Leia. What was that? Leia. 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 I'm gonna 
not play like Rick, and I'm not going to take that shot that I miss all the time. <laughs> That's my boy. What number are you on? Oh, fuck. That's a <laughs> <laughs> I think I was on 15, 13. You know, my, uh, my dad, your grandpa, <laughs> he, uh, he used to play professionally. Yeah, I know. And I never made it. <coughs> right, because you busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't have time for all that bullshit they were asking you to do. Otherwise, you would have had all the records. Yeah. This is my favorite story. <laughs> Put up a chair, sir. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> Keep dribbling the tennis ball. <laughs> I want the best for you. I feel like you got so much potential. You can really do it. And I'm rooting on you. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting on you and for you. You can root all over, you can root all over me, Dad. <laughs> Don't say things like that in public. <laughs> we can say those things at home. But if your mother was still around, I know she'd be proud of you. But we got to do this together. Now, I want you to be something that I couldn't be. I want you to be something better than what I was. Because the truth is, I was busy. But I also wasn't good enough. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're the best player that ever played. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I got something to show you. Basketball follies. <laughs> I got hit in the head with the ball 13 times that game.
do this. Tennis ball time is done, right? Yeah, tennis, yeah you're, you're damn right tennis ball time is done. I, I'm, why, why am I, I'm doing this stupid drill for you because you said you were the best. Then you're, you're a joke. You're laughing, a national laughing stock. Yeah. And why don't we have a fucking DVD player? Kenneth, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, you're always busy. Yeah, you're too big. You're, you're not too busy to buy a DVD player. You stop at the store, you pick up a DVD player. You, I, I don't know who hey, you are. Hey, no, stop. Okay, I'm your father. All right, you're not gonna talk to me like that. All right. Now the tennis ball drill is because it's important. I see Steph Curry do it before every game. So it's gotta be mean something. Steph, oh, Steph Curry does it? Yeah. That makes more sense, because if you did it, I don't want to ever see a fucking tennis ball again. <laughs> Maybe I should have done it. Look, I'm not proud of what happened. You shouldn't be. But I had, I had a lot on my mind. Finals. I had a kid. Ten years later. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about having children. What would happen if I did? Then mom died. Yeah. She was the love of my life. Did she play in the WNBA? Yes. Did she? <laughs> did she? Yes, she did. I'm going to go through all the VH type. VHS tapes in this house. If I find a blue course tape of mom, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> is, that, is that a blue course tape of mom? Are you going to show me a blue course tape of mom? Disrespect your mother, okay? For one, she made it to the pros. That's a lot. And two, it's the WNBA. Cut up some slack. <laughs> now, granted, she was probably the worst in the WNBA, which. Which is pretty bad. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, women. <laughs> no, it's not that. That's what you just said. No, that's not what I meant. You were making fun of the WNBA. Yeah, I was. It's a funny joke. That's the one you're teaching me. You're teaching me to be horrible. <laughs> you're a bad father at so many levels. I'm leaving. No. Sit. Sit. <laughs> you hold that. You dribble, because I want you to be better than both of us. Your mother was a great woman. I'm only doing this because Steph Curry does it. <laughs> Not because you told me to do it, because you lied to me. Do you have, have you ever thought about how it feels for a father to tell his son that 
he wasn't great. You know how I just made that joke about the NBA, the WNBA? Was it a joke? Was it a joke? Or, or did this, or did a little ugly part of you leak out right there? <laughs> you want your son to think that you're perfect. It's oh, hard to tell. Oh, so you lie to him his whole life. <laughs> and then one day you shatter that illusion by showing him a fucking bloopers tape. <laughs> that just completely dispels the facade he was living under. You don't even have the decency to maintain the lie. <laughs> you coming clean wasn't for me. It was for you.
learn. Here's, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna go to my room, and I'm gonna start smoking weed. <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna find out if there's a father in this house. All right. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you 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 can point there. <laughs> right, but who are you pointing to? <laughs> this house is gonna reek of fucking weed real soon. I, just, I I hope there's a father in this house. I'm, I'm, bur I'm burning it. I'm burning one right now. I'm lighting up, Dad. <laughs> Don't do it. What? Don't. Don't. Let's get better together. <laughs> oh, come on! Yeah, and how boring was that? 
It was exhilarating. How much money did you make? I didn't make any money. Exactly. I was a child. <laughs> exactly. No money. I'm having a difficult time sticking to my morals here. <laughs> because you keep mentioning money. Uh. <laughs> money. <laughs> and we know that money is a wonderful, wonderful thing. <laughs> money. I have ten billion dollars. That's a lot of money. No one in my family will have to work for generations, <laughs> ever. It's all but I don't have enough. Yeah. We <laughs> need more. Yes, I need more. You know how you get Yes. Allowing that running back to shoot those players. <laughs> Jack Daniels. 
It'll get you so fucked up, you'll shoot a woman in the face. <laughs> and cut. Seems wrong. <laughs> it's the American dream, son. You want to drink something that'll get you so fucked up you'll shoot a woman in the face. It's professional athleticism. It's where you want to be. That's a place that I could never reach. 